Hello everyone, welcome to another Westworld Tower of Babel breakdown. This is for Season 1, Episode 10, The Bicameral Mind. As always, I'm Julian Muche. I am joined by Daniel D'Souza. Yo. And we are here to break down the episode's events, discuss the theories. I mean, if this is the first time um, you're joining us, it's strange that you would join us in the very last episode. Um, but uh, we appreciate your attendance regardless. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so that's our plan. We're going to break it down, talk about the theories, which ones have been confirmed, which ones have been debunked, which uh, mysteries remain going into season two. Uh, and yeah, so if and we are live today, I, we were live last week as well. We're live again today uh, on YouTube live. And I, I don't remember if I changed it from uh, towerbible.ca slash live. Because that might take it to, take us to our Twitch page, which is not what we're doing. But either way, if you go to if you go to uh, if you follow us on Twitter at Tower Babblecast or Facebook facebookcom Babblecast, you always get the links to this if you uh, ever want to join us. Um, but I don't want to get too far into that because there is a we had a long episode, is an hour and a half, uh, basically a movie <laughs> mm. um, worth of Westworld to talk about. So let's start with uh, the synopsis. And there is no official HBO synopsis this week, which I thought was interesting. Um, instead, I'll read the IMDb synopsis, which is Ford unveils his bold new narrative. Dolores embraces her identity and Maeve sets her plan in motion. And that's from IMDb. Okay, so before we get into the episode, uh, there's always a few things I want to uh, I, I like to mention a few little tidbits, little things in news. I didn't get to read all of the interviews. There's a bunch of like exit interviews uh, that the creators and different actors on the show, uh, producers and all that kind of stuff that are, are doing. And if I can gather enough juicy stuff, maybe we can do like a, a season one um, post-mortem. Like sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, like we did with Game of Thrones last season. Uh, but... You know, again, stay tuned to our social media stuff to, to you know, if you want to hear that or if uh, if you think that's a good idea. Anyway, um, so let me start with a few. Uh, which one should I start with? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Let me start with, I guess, the title of the episode is "By Cameral Mind," which is what something they've talked about in the show before. It's this. Uh, it's a psychological um, philosophy. So we've never, and I've done this with a couple of the episode titles where I've gotten the definition of what that actually means at like a you know official definition at least from Wikipedia so let me do that with bicameral mind so bicameralism is a philosophy of quote-unquote two chamberedness is a hypothesis in psychology that argues the human mind once assumed a state in which cognitive functions were divided between one part of the brain which appears to be quote-unquote speaking and a second part which listens and obeys, uh, bicameral mind. Hmm. The term was coined by Julian Jaynes, who presented the idea in 1976, book Origin of Consciousness in the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind, wherein he made the case that a bicameral mentality was the normal and ubiquitous state of the human mind as recently as 3,000 years ago. So... I was shocked to find out that this was an idea from 1976. Like, that's fairly recently. Uh, you know... Well, I mean, we've only basically just begun to really study brains, like psychology or, or like, neurology. You know, those are pretty... Uh, neurology more so is a pretty, like, emergent field. But this, I, I, know, I guess, but, like, 19, when would when did when would you say the birth of psychology and stuff? That's, like, with... Um, 
Like well, Freud wait, was like yeah. turn of the century. Yeah, right. So like a 1976 no, wait, book. Actually. Sorry? A bit later than that, but whatever. It's but, not fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean though. Like that, it's, I feel I still feel like a, a 1976. And the book has actually been republished as recently as 1995 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. The Origin of Consciousness, which is interesting. Um, to me, the, the theory sounds completely ridiculous. Doesn't it sound completely ridiculous to you? I don't know. I mean, I think that that could incorporate a lot of, uh, you know, mental disorders, people with like schizophrenia, people who hear voices and stuff like that. Like that, like it's not uncommon to hear that kind of stuff. Mm. I suppose. But uh, this is the idea that this is what, what does he say? Uh, like this is what was the mentality or the ubiquitous state of the human mind as recently as 3000 years ago. And also how the hell do you know that? Is a better question. Yeah, well, that's that's a <laughs> that's a different question. Entirely. I mean, they don't know; they're speculating, but still uh, theorizing. Anyway, just interested uh, something to think about as far as uh, what they're talking about. And by camera mind, obviously, it means a a, a, sec- a brain within two sections. Uh, by obviously meaning like two. Um, mm. So it relates to the episode in, in in a few different ways, or the whole season. Really, you could you talk about, but we'll get into that. Uh, there are also some uh, meta tidbits, and I guess, again, spoilers for all, everything through the season. If you're following, obviously, we talk spoilers, so this is uh, no difference. <clears throat> an official HBO website for Westworld sent out an email to mailing list subscribers shortly after Sunday's finale. In it was a message about a security warning that had certain letters grayed out to spell reverie. So it was a, an email that looked like it came officially from like Delos or whatever, or Westworld Corporation. Um, it's like a, a you know meta marketing or like you're a part of the world you know you know what I mean? mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So it's like that. This message had a security warning as you know like saying hey you know beware blah blah blah. But certain letters were grayed out and those letters spelt out reverie. Um, so when you typed the uh, reverie into the official Delos website, which is another a meta marketing website. Um, you're giving uh, a quick sequence of code that comes like jumbled up on the screen and then. Um, and then a quick, like flash of a, a, a like a clip, an audio clip of Elsie saying hello, like in a question, like hello, like can you someone hear me? Um, then thanks to Reddit, <clears throat> because always thanks to Reddit, the, um, someone broke down the code and what it means, and they found out that there's a link, <laughs> there's a there's a link to another uh, portion of the website um, in that which shows an image of. Uh, the location of Elsie inside the park. So, you know, all but confirming that she's still alive um, for season two. So that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. It's crazy. There also is, uh, there is also a brief image that flashes on the screen and they, they, someone paused it or screamed, grabbed it or whatever. And uh, it was like a, a security footage and the time, like it was uh, dated or time stamped with the year 2052. Uh, June 15th, 2052, to be exact, which would put, uh, if that's the quote-unquote current time period on the show, uh, that would put the death of Arnold at 2018, 35 years ago, so, or before the events of the show, because that's never been explicitly mentioned either. What's coming up? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's almost, we're we're at it's almost the anniversary. It's almost already the anniversary of Arnold's death. <laughs> um, 
what else? I feel like there's a couple other things here. Oh, I would also like to point people to a really great article over at Slash Film that has a Westworld timeline infographic and takes you through. Oh, that would be so handy. Yeah, and it takes you through all the events um, that they've uh, that, that have taken place on the show or been talked about on the show, um, like in a chronological order, uh, which is obviously super hand, handy. So I'd, I'd consider that. And that, that's at slashfilm.com/westworld-timeline, uh, and you'll find that there. So. Let's get into the episode because it's a big one. It's 90 minutes long. And uh, even though it was 90 minutes, I, I still felt like it didn't didn't touch on everything. I know it didn't touch on everything. It, it, it still mm. felt like there was stuff missing. Uh, it went by pretty quick for a 90-minute finale. I have to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say it felt rushed. But like, they definitely, like, you know, downplayed certain storylines. Um but I, you know, for for a ninety minute thing, like I never once felt bored either. No, it, that's it, true. It didn't go to that side of the spectrum. That's absolutely true. It didn't feel bloated at all. Mm-hmm. So we start with Dolores, only partially finished. She's her her mechanical skeleton is exposed, and she's coming online for the first time. You know, her her birth, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Arnold is there. Uh, they have a kind of a a brief chat. Uh, Dolores says something like, uh, and this is all like a, a me- I think this is a, a flashback of Dolores's memories, I guess. Um, she talks about, uh, your voice was the first thing I remember, which is something she said um, earlier in the series. She's talked about that as she, all I remember sleeping for a long time. And then I, and then waking up and your vo- voice was the first thing I remember. Um, so that obviously she's talking about that. The voice thing, obviously, coming back later in the episode. Uh, it's a nice way to start with that and then end with um, the other. The I, would you call it a twist? What we see with Dolores at the end? Uh, not necessarily a twist, no. But <clears throat> I mean, it's hard, it was hard to predict. I, you could call it a twist, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Okay. We then cut back to modern time and pick up from the end of last week's episode uh, with Dolores and the Man in Black. He has her shaving him on a deck of one of the buildings in the empty town of Escalante. She's powerless to hurt him, and she and he's kind of showing that off. Um, my question to you, though, is like, I understand that he she can't hurt him, but why does she have to shave him? <laughs> <laughs> That's just like a power play. Thing. I don't think it's weird that he gets off on that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, how did he make her do that? Because she didn't have to. Um, yeah, it's a lot. She has to obey his every command, right? Yeah, I don't. That I think that was just kind of. It looked cool. Like, what are we gonna do? I need to be shaved. There's only me and you here. How are we gonna work this out? You know. <laughs> um. She Dolores then I guess has like a like a one of her lapses in consciousness and goes to the graveyard uh, just outside the church. She finds a grave marked with her own name. Dolores Abernathy. It's always exciting when you find a grave marked with your own name, uh, I find. <laughs> and she digs into the ground and find, and where everyone ex- everyone's excited. I'm excited. You're excited. Oh, we're going to finally find the, the secret, the center of the maze here. The man in black's excited, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of getting answers, she digs up uh, a toy, an old maze toy, which, you know, ironically enough. Um, and it's the symbol that uh, of, quote unquote, the maze uh, that they've been t- 
teasing since almost the first episode. Uh, the man in black whose patience has worn thin kind of freaks out. He wants to understand what the hell uh, this is all about. And luckily for us, uh, we get the answers before he does because we get to cut to flashback where Arnold and Dolores are standing in the same place just outside the church in the graveyard. Arnold explains that the original thought he had about consciousness, consciousness was that it was a pyramid, which is something that um, Dr. Ford had talked about uh, in like episode two. And that this is a, a challenge that the host had to climb and that each level was more difficult to reach than the last. But then he had an epiphany and realized that it wasn't a journey upward, but in fact, it was a journey inward. So he explains that the voice that she was hearing, although his at first, was intended to help her eventually hear her own voice inside her head. He says that because of her discovery, and this is like, uh, this is probably the first time of probably a few times that she's found the center of the maze um, before being rolled back uh, and before the events of her time with Man in Black in this episode. Um, because of that, he couldn't in good conscience, uh, pardon the pun, <laughs> open the park and he had to tell Ford. So we then see where Doris's flashbacks kind of intersect as it's uh, just, I guess, a couple moments later after that conversation that she went downstairs to hear Ford and uh, Arnold uh, arguing in the back room like we saw last week. Uh, Ford obviously disagrees with Arnold's ideas, so he implements a backup plan of having Dolores uh, sabotage the park. He has her go on a rampage of murdering the other hosts with Teddy's help. These are now, we, start, we get, start getting glimpses of the same shots, the exact same shots that we've seen of Wyatt's murdering spree, but now with Dolores in that same position. So we cut back to the present, where the man in black has reached the end of his rope. He starts uh, basically beating her up. Um, she says that uh, he will find his way back to her, that he always does. We think that she's talking about Teddy, uh, who we see earlier, uh, a couple of scenes back, uh, begin making his way back to her after like having this uh, being reinserted in the park. He has this weird flash of all the dead bodies in uh, in Sweetwater. And then jumps back on the train and then heads to it. It was a cool little sequence, but it's just quick. Anyway, he's on his way back, but and that's who we think I mean, he's and talking Teddy's about. Teddy's kind of programmed to be her true love, right? Like, right. So you're, you're led as an audience to believe that it could be one of two ways, right? Right. I was really rooting for Teddy, too. Right? I mean, he's, he's kind of down on his... He just, it's hard to not love James Marston, you know? <laughs> Unless it's, it's he's like what the Man in Black says in episode one, though. Like, Teddy's programmed to be the loser. Like he's, yeah. he's programmed to fail, you mm -hmm. know? But, he, but she's not talking about Teddy. She's no. talking about William. And then we finally get the reveal that we've been waiting for since God knows how long. I, I was denying it in episode four probably, but ever since episode five at least I was fully on board. And uh, which leads me to a comment from a friend of the show, Vince, who left a message on our Facebook page like you can at facebook.com slash towerbabble. Sorry, Tower Babel cast. Um, Vince. And I'm not, I, I might read the whole thing. It, it's pretty good. Um, but I guess I'll, I should preface it and just say that, yes, we get confirmation that the man in black and William are the same person. 
uh, we'll get into the exact details of how how they get into that reveal. Um, but uh, needless to say, it was fairly well done. Uh, like I, I kind of skipped over some of the flashback stuff because I'm just dealing with what's going on with Dolores. But basically, leading into this moment, um, he finds this hat on the ground after chasing down this guy uh, and killing him. He, this black hat, he puts it on his head. It pans up, and then we get it transitions to the scene with uh, the man in black. And if that wasn't clear enough for you, they also the Dolores. He also. You know, Dolores and him also have a conversation that should clear up for you. And if that's not clear enough for you, then later on, Dr. Ford calls him by his name um, later on in the episode. So, comment from friend of the show, Vince. And he reads, I'm going to start off with preface that I did not know much. I did not pay much attention to the show. Any news around it or read slash hear any theories about it going into the fine first episode. All I heard about it was that it was great and would be a replacement for Game of Thrones when that had ended. I also watched it all in the span of three to four days. This gave me a very unique perspective while I dove into the show and experienced its many plot twists. The reveal of who he ended up being gave me the most satisfying entertainment a show has ever given me. Ever in all caps, by the way. Damn. The pure mystery of it, without having a clue, was quite a thrilling experience this is something i don't think i would have had if i had discussed it with anyone else the reveal would have been a quote ah well i guess everyone was right unquote instead of what i did quote holy shit he's the man in black everything makes so much sense now that's why he did this and that and why he took that guy and whoa (laughs) (laughs) unquote apparently everyone he knew who he was apparently everyone knew who he was and didn't like this storyline because they all figured it out already and i would have to uh ar- i'd have to stop him there and just say that i don't think that people disliked the story because they thought they knew it was hum- coming i i liked it i just thought it was it, it felt drawn out we could have probably got this re- i don't know if we needed to wait till the 10th episode for the reveal um but i i haven't heard a lot of uh negative feedback over the man in black storyline purely because redditors had guessed the um you know the twist or whatever the reveal yeah i mean <clears throat> it's one of those like we, we every episode of our show that we did we talked about how it was like it was basically confirmed and what we were just waiting for it to happen and, yeah at the same time like it was still satisfying to watch it occur in real time you know and, right i mean i like it's a different it's i guess it's not the same experience that vince had uh which is like a surprise right uh, well, that's something like we always talk on our other podcast. We always talk about uh, the benefits of binge watching a show versus watching it week to week and keeping up with the discussions. And that's one of them. Like mm-hmm. nothing could be spoiled for him because he just you know he did it so quickly. Right, like, he was good on him. He did the Stranger Things method, which you know yeah. most people did. Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine breaking down Stranger Things in the same way we do uh, this show. That'd be just be strange because of the way it's it's broadcast. Um, I, and I, again, like you mentioned. You know, we talk about uh, the the benefits of binging a show or whatever, but I gladly trade the uh, that moment of sh- of surprise um, for the the enjoyment I get from speculating, uh, talking about the show, uh, reading theories. All those kinds of things are 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 as enjoyable, uh, if not more enjoyable, and add to the experience, make it more holistic experience. Um, than just that 
one moment of of shock and surprise that it may be very satisfying, but at the same time uh, removes my ability to to interact with the show in a in that whole way more in depth way, right? Um, yeah, I mean, there's two different like, schools of thought of that. That's fine. Like, yeah. It, it, I don't it, know it, for these reveals mostly be between between episodes nine and ten though like you you can see how it was kind of undercut a little bit by the fact that we talk about it so much you know yeah and again it's just it's just not the it's it's not the same you're not getting the same experience it's just it's a different type of satisfaction you know you're not satisfied in the you know wow I didn't see that coming kind of way you're satisfied in the I'm glad that our speculation was not a complete waste of your time (laughs) that um, you can look at it through the lens of, were they able to pull off the reveal in a satisfying way? um, Knowing that's a good point too. Cause in episode nine, when they did the whole Bernard Arnold reveal, like that happened, I swear to God for like a half hour, they were, they were like, you know, taking baby steps towards Mm -hmm. it. And the whole time it's like in the back of your head, you know, what's going to happen, but you're still enjoying watching them get there. Mm -hmm. And then I would say that, even though we didn't get surprised by the man in black uh, reveal, I would say that there was a different twist that no one, I don't think saw coming uh, that I was certainly surprised by. And so, you know, I kind of got to get my, you know, eat my cake and get my cake and eat it too or whatever, (laughs) you know? So anyway, I thought that was a a worthwhile uh, tangent to go on. Thanks Vince. And again, uh, facebook.com slash Tower Babblecast or at Tower Babblecast on Twitter if you want to chime in with your own thoughts. Anyway, back to the show. Dolores at first doesn't believe the truth about William. Uh, She doesn't want to believe that he's become this terrible person. Uh, But in what I think is one of the few tender moments of this episode, there's only like a handful of them, she reaches out and touches his face. And she kind of like, it dawns on her that, that, yeah, that's, it is in fact William. Um, I really like that scene. I like the way that this whole thing played out with Dolores and the man in black. Um, if you only, I only watched it the one time and I had to kind of, you know, really think my way through it. It is on the face of it fairly confusing and you're trying to figure out, like trying to keep up with it is tough because it keeps jumping through timelines and things that you, uh, certain expectations that you had, like for instance, the maze. It's not an actual maze, right? And he gets really upset about this because he's been chasing this thing that he thinks is the last mystery of the, the park. It's all this, it's all just a big metaphor, you know? It's a metaphorical maze. It's not a real maze, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if if you were someone who is invested in it being something, the mystery being something more tangible, then you might feel that, be, be feeling the same way uh, as he is in, in that moment. But, Regardless, it is it. It's nice finally having Dolores and William reunited, even though it is in strange, strange way, like that. Um, we also get the Man in Black, his last flashbacks uh, as William. We see that he's taken Logan hostage. It's in this much the same way that he had Lawrence uh, tied up earlier in the season. He has him like his hands tied and like being pulled by a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can kind of see how naive and fresh, uh, if not a little bit crazy, William is uh, at this moment. His turn was pretty quick, and he does come off 
a little bit nut, like a little bit nuts. Yeah, eh? that's what I was thinking the whole time. Like, I, I, like the whole point of having well, not the whole point of having thirty years between these events was that it was it would be like a gradual shift, you know, like. But he just pretty much goes black hat right away. Yeah, you know I mean? I, he kind of it, it, it's almost as if he he had something snap in him that. Uh, mm-hmm. But so like there's, see the, there's two parts here. So he has the moment where he has he thinks Dolores is out alone and he has to go save her. She's special, right? But he's never able to find her. Um, and then this the other moment where he he has another like moment of realization is when he sees Dolores back at Sweetwater, right? And realizes she doesn't even recognize him. Yeah. yeah, and that he realizes that all this effort and emotion and everything that he put into that adventure that he went on with her was all a lie. Right. And he kind of understands what the, at that moment, I think he kind of understands why the park is so effective and he kind of is kind of to step out of outside of himself for a moment. Um, even though he's still drawn by it, he's still able to look at it probably from a you know, perspective. He, he was kind of couldn't see the force of the trees um, for a bit there, you know, which is what Logan was trying to say to him. So <laughs> in a in a weird way, Logan mm. ended up being right. The, uh, the irony is that Dolores, what William thought Dolores was back then, is what she ended up being. You know, thirty years later. Well, it, right? he talks about the man of black. Uh, William talks about how he came back. He's come back to the park over and over again, right, for thirty years, and he'd had gone on other adventures with her, but she'd always get caught up in her in her her quote unquote memories, but was never able or to her find them. Loop or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he got tired of that because it never it never reached it it never culminated in any in anything. He was just retracing his steps with a seemingly insane person, um, even you know that he thought was just maybe a a show being put on by Ford or something. The more he got closer to the park, right? Um, so anyway, so William goes and finds Lawrence, um, and we get his last little show up and asks if for his help finding Dolores. The three of them find a military camp and discover that she was raped and left to die. Um, William, I guess, kills every single soldier. Uh, and Logan can, is trying to reason with him. He's like, he, like trying to walk him back off the plank. Later we see that, he, that William has stripped Logan naked and has him tied up on a horse, uh, which is... I didn't see that coming. I'm gonna be honest. And they said that that's at the edge of the park or the edge of right. the charted territory. Whatever. So I guess that no one's monitoring out there. I don't really understand what that was. All about. <laughs> yeah, but he just he just he he ventured as far as he could go. I guess. Um, and he runs like, down some. You would think that guest safety would be a cons- like you think. I don't know. It's, it's... Right. He's he's naked out in the wilderness. Um, you know, I. It's hard to say. But if it's all so tightly controlled, maybe, and this is early in the park's days, maybe they don't—they didn't have that kind of quality control back then. <clears throat> sure, right? sure. I get the implication is that is that William, or sorry, that Logan dies of you know uh, deprivation or whatever out there, right? You think that's what? You, it's not clear. That's what's implied. It was—it's unclear. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. in season two, he could come back because maybe they did pick him up. Maybe they don't let that kind of shit happen. <laughs> well, it's, it seems to me because at that moment, so okay, William runs down and got some hosts. Um, at the edge of the park and he gets his, his, we see the secret origins of his hat. <laughs> um, and then he has a conversation with Logan about he's, uh, about how Logan's not fit to run Delos and that he'll be there. He'll be the one to run it. Um, but we don't know how that actually ends up happening because Logan was in charge at that time. 
Um, so you're you're at you think that you actually killed Logan or left him to die in the park? Yeah, from exposure or whatever. Right. Like he's. I didn't consider that. I kind of thought that he that was just him letting like leaving him finally letting him go, and that when he got back to the the real world, he would find a way of. Um, He's with this newfound sense of aggression and, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, that could be. I mean, you ha- you have to assume though that if Logan went back to the real world, he could probably, being who he is in the real world, could probably get rid of William pretty quickly at that stage, right? Right. It's Whereas not clear. Logan yeah. being dead and William marrying his sister could skyrocket his career. That's interesting. Maybe that is what happened. I don't know. I, I would like to see how that exactly plays out because, you know, if maybe if Logan came back as an old, as like a Willie, uh, Bland and Black, like aged man, yeah. this bitter, this bitter person who, who, who lost control of his family's company and all this stuff, um, later on would, would be pretty cool. I think that'd be interesting, but he doesn't really have an arc if the man in black is dead, right? Yeah. No, he, when man in black still have to be alive, he's not dead at the end of this episode, season though. Well, it's, it's, you know, I again. Well, we well, I mean, we talked about last week that he's coming back sure. for season two. Um, it seems unlikely that he's dead. I, the way that they leave it, I don't think he's dying. I, mm. be, I would be very shocked. Um, yeah, like you said, he sends him off naked. We also see how the photo of his fiance ended up in the park uh, for Dolores's dad Abernathy to find. Um, it does not explain how it survived without, you know, like disintegrating for 30 years or whatever. Like, I feel I mean, like a we photo. Don't know what that park's made out of, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. But wouldn't any, like, if you just left a photo lying in the outside in the sun for 30 years, don't you think it would just, there's just no way it would still be. What if it's like a, like a hyper sterile environment or something like that? We just haven't, don't have that information. Mm, you're right. Okay. You're, will, you're willing to buy that, that one. Okay. That, that is a bunch of bullshit. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, what I don't really, what I don't really get is, it's cool that that is the same photo, on the like, just at when you first look at it, it's surface level, it's cool. But like, what purpose did it? Could that, couldn't it have been any photo? The like, it didn't. It doesn't actually tie back to anything. It's or just, any artifact, right? Like something yeah. that they shared. That's all. It didn't have to be anything. It didn't even have to be tied to the man in black. Because that never came back around, at least not yet, anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's I just thought that was it's again again cool that it's the same picture, but at the same time it didn't really fucking matter at all because it could have been any picture because it didn't yeah. that, that they didn't he could have he could have yeah. dropped a Kleenex on the ground and <laughs> yeah they <laughs> didn't the they way. didn't tie up like the the loose end there they just they kind of yeah. said hey isn't that cool that we he left this picture and then that Dolores found it thirty years later you know like. So, remember remember the picture huh? yeah that's basically what's happening yeah. uh william then has a conversation with logan about how he right i did that right read that part already all right so here we go the real important takeaway uh is that at the end of the day he couldn't find dolores and return to sweetwater and like he said and like we talked about a little bit already um i guess the flashbacks were kind of weak at this week, even though, and they were a little bit weak last week, to be honest, too. Um, beyond the whole murdering all of the the robots, I, I guess I'm on the fence about how much I liked how the William storyline is removing the William um, 
from the Man in Black reveal. Just the William story 30 years ago, his last, his first time at the park. If I actually like the way it ramped up, um, I don't know if I actually like that, how it ended. It's kind of, it, it did, it was rushed and he does come off as a crazy person um, in a way that he didn't. It's just a disappointing ending for that yeah. character who you, you, we were, you know, and it's not even we an end, to like. Right. And he's not even, an, it's not even really an ending because we see that he's still alive 30 years later. Right. So, so I think like because it had to be self-contained. Does that mean like he we won't see any of him next season? Any flashbacks like to, that to young William? Yeah, I mean maybe like, there's thirty years there. Like there has to be stuff going on. But if if Dolores is just frustrating him that whole time, if there's no real progress, then it's probably not worthwhile it would to be, show it. Right? It'd be more like if they're gonna show something with young William, it'd probably be more in like the behind the scenes stuff, how he bailed out yeah. the company, yeah, uh, yeah how yeah. he built like how he bailed out the park his like how he worked with with uh with ford or whatever or not at all or if some event in the park like mystery in the park that he or something he did in the park you know 15 years ago um somehow reveals something to him that's new next season you know uh that he didn't realize was connected that would be the only way Mm. so back in the present Dolores has started to piece things together and starts uh, speaking to William almost with pity. This this is where things get confusing for me because she was completely... She had no idea what the heck the the toy thing was, right? At the beginning of this episode, she gets... She finds it. I guess she has that flashback. Is that what she's remembering? That conversation with Arnold? That Arnold showed her the, the maze at one... The, the right. Toy maze. But that... At that time, she hadn't quite reached full consciousness because she, because what Arnold was saying to her, she couldn't understand. Remember, because she's like, he's like trying to say something to her. And she's like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't really get mm-hmm. what you're saying. So through that uh, memory and through new experience, she's able to bridge the gap and start piecing together what he was trying to tell her. I guess is what we're supposed That's, to. That's yeah. So <clears throat> with Arnold, she wasn't ready yet. And what Arnold didn't understand, this is kind of like the, the larger overarching uh, theme of this episode, mm-hmm. the show in general. What Arnold didn't understand is that they needed to, to go through that suffering in order to um, to create their consciousness, mm-hmm. right? And in, in my mind, the way I look at this episode is the the thing that did it wasn't the all the physical trauma that they went through. But at the end of the day, both Maeve and Dolores experienced genuine heartbreak. Dolores, when she found out that William was the man in black, that he had like betrayed her that her true love wasn't coming for her and Maeve when her child died and that broke their their program and that's why they were able to get to that next level although Maeve turns out was following some kind of different programming which is well yeah interesting yeah which was Ford right yeah I I guess it says Arnold right but you have to assume that that was that was all part of Ford's plan I think most of the the not necessarily the mysteries, but most most of the issues of the show all ended up being like Ford knew all along, and it was all his plan, all part of Ford's plan, right? So, more or less. But the whole it's fun to think about how even though, yeah, Ford knew about all these things that at, 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 uh, that was going on, but we thought that he was looking at things from a completely different perspective mm-hmm. than what yes. he actually was looking at it from, which is I think a whole different, a whole different thing. Um, so Dolores, she says that she, that he's changed into something terrible talking about the man in black and that he's, uh, that he's aged 
and that the world no longer belonged to him. She talks about uh, the dawning of a new age. Uh, she then grabs the man in black and drags him into the church um, in an, almost like an homage to the uh, to the way she was dragged into the barn uh, early in the season. Yeah, I think that's very deliberate. Yeah. And proceeds to kick his ass, uh, like dis- like dislocated shoulder looks like. Um, it made a snapping sound like his arm was broken, but I don't think his arm was broken. It's hard to say, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, the man in black is able to recover enough to use his knife and to stab her in almost the exact same place as the last knife wound that was uh, given to her by Logan 30 years ago. I don't know Ooh. if that's intentional or if that's just or convenient or whatever. I don't that's know. That's just where his hands yeah. were. I don't know. Uh, but Teddy arrives at the last moment and uh, shoots <clears throat> him in the head, I guess, a couple times and knocks him out. Dolores asks him to take her to the ocean. What's the, what did she say? Where the something meets the sea? Where the sea. mountains meet the ocean. Where right. the mountains meet the sea or something. Okay. So we catch up to that later. But backstage... Charlotte is visiting Ford's office to inform him about the board's decision to quote unquote retire him. She's seemingly unsuccessful or she's seemingly Yeah, she has seemingly successfully backed up all the park's data. And uh, this might be important in season two. That the fact that they have all that data uh, might come back. I think that uh, that's a possibility. Um, and she's ready to let the cat out of the bag. Ford Several, step, several steps ahead of her, ask her if she's worried that he'll smash all his toys on the way out the door. <laughs> um, this pleases her because she thinks she's a step ahead of him, but it turns out she's actually three, four steps behind him. She's foreseen that he, she would foresee that and already had a whole other plan ready to go because of that. So it's, so, it's brilliant. I love it. But they both agreed that he'll make the announcement that it's his last, is uh, his, his last. Uh, what, I don't know. It's his last. He's going to announce his retirement. Yeah. His last storyline. His last storyline at the Knights Gala. Charlotte then meets with Lee Sizemore and tells him that he can take over for Ford when he's gone, and uh, I can I really appreciate this scene along with the last one because it, it shows us how Charlotte can't see the forest through the trees. She's concerned with the bottom line and finds Ford's antics to be more trouble than they're worth. She doesn't really see like that he isn't just meddling for the sake of meddling. Uh, he actually has a greater plan. She just wants simple, and easy to control, which yeah. is what the park needed to some degree. But she was so far behind and couldn't keep up with Ford that by the time she realizes what Ford's actually planning, it's too late to actually make any I difference. Mean, to be fair, I don't think anybody could have you know, predicted what Ford was planning. No, you're right. But like, because I he kept it all pretty close to the right. chest. And right? we didn't even know as an audience we did, which is again, really, I thought that was brilliantly done. She makes, uh, she says this place is complicated enough as it is and makes the, uh, those famous last words, everything is under control, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Any thoughts so far on, on where we are? Like as far as, you know, put your bring yourself back to uh, watching the episode. You're about halfway through at this point. We we haven't got any huge reveals other than the Man in Black one, uh, which is kind of played um, kind of softly. You know, wasn't 
again, maybe for, uh, for Vince and someone who didn't realize that this theory was uh, like a thing, uh, could have been a, a big shocker, but the way they did it wasn't, wasn't like a, bum, 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 you know, like, Hey, <laughs> guess what? It was, it was kind of done very subtly. Um, and I don't know, like the, the whole, uh, where he, where William puts his head down with the black hat on right. and his head comes up and it's man in black. I don't know if that's exactly subtle, but I, I agree. But I feel like someone might just say, "Well, that's that's a, like they have the same hat. What a, it's a nice transition, <laughs> you know, like or whatever, you know, like so." Th- and they so they do kind of go back to it, you know, with the conversation with Dolores and with Ford later. But um, how, are you are you following what's happening now? Or are you are you at as far as what the the show is at this point in the episode, or are you kind of even at this point a couple like a step or two behind where the show is is leading towards? Because well, I felt like I, I, was. I was. I was definitely behind, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, I had no idea. I, but I, I felt, at the time, I felt like I knew what was going on. I felt like Ford was, you know, and to a certain degree, I guess I was, like, I, I thought Ford was going to use these, uh, like, uh, aberrant, like, Maeve and, and whoever else yeah. to take out his competition, so to speak, in the Dallas board. I thought he was, it was going to be more of a power play where he was going to consolidate power and then p- foresee what he actually had planned. Right. Like, I mean, like, I thought he was going to sabotage the train somehow with the blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. Because clearly when uh, – we haven't talked about Maeve's storyline. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. But when, like, Maeve brings Bernard back online and Ford isn't freaked out at all by that. So that's all part of his plan as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He just, like, he set all that in motion. Well, because, you know, you think back to when, when Maeve, after she, you know, gets her little crew together, she goes down to cold storage right away. And the first thing I'm thinking of, like, is why are you going there? Like, what's the mm-hmm. purpose? Like, what do you need to get? They have nothing that they need to get down there. And the only reason she's down there is because she's programmed to go there. Is the only thing I can think of. Or yeah. the script demanded it. Because they they literally don't have any reason. Like, she says, oh, she wants to remove those memories from her. But how did she know that Bernard was there? You know, all these, like, lingering questions for me. Um, it, it just, you know, in another show you could say, yeah, it's because the script said she needed to be there. In, the, in this show, it's, because her programming said she needed to be there, you know. Um, for me, I don't know. I, at this point, with that Charlotte, it, that conversation with Charlotte in his office, um, I kind of, I wasn't sure what was going on with Ford. He seemed as if, um, you know, without the benefit of foresight, obviously, um, that he kind of was resigned to the fact of just like, hey, yeah, I'm just kind of my time at the park has kind of come to an end. You know, um, no, but you knew he had something. I knew he had something going on. Right. But I'm not, I wasn't sure what it is. And I thought like, yeah, okay. Yeah. He'd say he was retired. He would announce his retirement, but there'd be some, there'd be another layer to that. Even if he was going along with, with, with what Charlotte wanted. So anywho, over with Maeve, we see her, uh, starting her escape plan. First, she makes changes to the security system and then uh, adjusts Hector and Armistice. Um, while watching, I didn't, obviously, I didn't, like, pause and, like, zoom in. But after, obviously, reading and with doing my recaps and stuff, uh, I found out. So she he, she changes the two of them's aggression and pain threshold. So she raises, raises their aggression, oh. lowers their pain threshold, uh, which, in retrospect, makes a little bit more sense. Um, That's why she can, yeah, cut her arm out of the right. door and stuff. Uh, which is a pretty, uh, were you expecting a post credit scene, by the way? 
I was no, not. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I was ready. I was like packing my bags. I was putting my jacket to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then and you hear like bullets. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, there's more going on. But like, if you're going to do a post credit scene, like, is that the one you're going to like, so Armistice is still alive? That's the. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> she's alive and she's in Samurai World or in the park that can, or the part of the park. It's Samurai World. Samurai it's World. Samurai World. <laughs> By the way, like. I guess Westworld is a little on the nose, but it, like at least it sounds cool. But Samurai World does not have that same does not ring quite as well. Not, I mean, I don't know. I, from from what I understand of the movie, I haven't actually watched the movie. But Rome there's, World. There's Westworld. There's Rome World, and there's a medieval world as well. Yeah, but that's the seventies, right? So you have to assume that like <laughs> whatever. There I don't know. What, what do you want to call it? More creative, I guess. I don't know. And like, is it called Samurai World? Like, if you go there, do you have to speak Japanese, or how's that work? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. I, they, I'm sure they, if they have this type of technology, they probably have some sort of translator that's like, you know, functional enough that you can just wear it and do your thing. Mm, okay. Because like, I started thinking about like the thoughts of it. Because like, even like Felix says, he's like, what is this? He's like, well, that's complicated. And I'm like, yeah, it really is complicated. I'm like, okay, so you have Samurai World. <laughs> and so maybe it's for your like, um, your rich high-end Japanese clientele, right? They yeah, have this sure. instead of your American clientele who go to Westworld, you could have your samurai Japanese businessmen go to Samurai World. Okay, so potentially, I mean, there's a certain amount of romance to that. Sure, right. So you go back to feudal Japan, and you're doing your thing as Japanese businessmen. But what if I want to go to Samurai World, right? So I go there, and so for my benefit, uh, the hosts around me are speaking English to me because, or in like, but. There's other hosts there or other guests there who don't speak English. So how does how does me being there and them being there, like how does that how do we interact with each no, other? No, it, it would be and, like the, the classic universal translator, you know? I like get you, but, okay. they speak their language, you hear your language. Okay, I guess so. I don't know. I, that, that's actually not bad important either. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. Here's, here's a question though. When uh, when Felix gave me that note, Park One. Right. Where her daughter is. What, what do, you, do you think Westworld is part one? Yes. What do you think? Westworld is part yeah? one. Yeah. Westworld is the first part. The first one? Yeah. Is that... Okay. It seems clear... It's pretty clear that that's the case, right? Because you have... Well, who knows? Arnold and Ford talking about Delos. I mean, like, unless... I guess because it all kind of happened in Westworld, like, 30 years ago. Arnold's death and all that. Right. And like, but and they're the ones who created the, the like, the programming. Was it... Was there other people in Samurai World next door who are creating the same like technology without talking to them i'm operating under the assumption that is ford and arnold in charge of all these worlds right i agree with you but i think it started as westworld and expanded from there right is what i'm thinking i don't know it's weird to start with that like just as a personal thing i don't think what would you start with time i don't know start with samurai world you wouldn't be you wouldn't start with samurai world right Probably Dinosaur World. No, you don't start with that. You, no, <laughs> you would obviously start with Dinosaur World. But no, that we've already know that that doesn't work out well. Um, okay, so we're talking we're, we're with we're with Maeve. And she's okay, so he's changed. She's adjusted the aggression and pain thresholds of Armistice and Hector. And we see the two of them being worked on by some unfortunate techs. Uh, one of them is... Worked on. Well, I, I don't even know. She's like... One of them is like doing something with like 
Armistice, like, she's got, like, a retainer or something. Like, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. She's molding her teeth. She got shot in the mouth or something. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Putting her new teeth in. And then this other guy is going to go rape Hector, apparently. And he puts on his headphones and starts listening to music. And then the other, and then Armistice wakes up, bites the guy's finger off, throws him through the glass. And then the other guy gets his, like, gets stabbed through the chest with, I don't know, something. Um, it's a pretty cool scene, yeah. like a little what pretty action. What was that thing that he stabbed him with? I don't know. It looked maybe a giant piece of glass from the window. I don't. I don't know. I also remember oh, looking at that thing. Is like, it was weirdly shaped and like strangely large. You know. <laughs> oh, I. It, I mean, point being, I guess it was, this is the first bit of like, um, real action we got, or we've we've gotten in a little while, um, and. Uh, it's kind of fun. It's it's so different than what we've seen inside the park, right? With all this like more future tech uh, being used. Yeah. Uh, so after that, May, Felix, Hector, and Armistice, now all clothed, head to cold storage, um, and like we talked about, uh, for for some reason, to find Bernard's body. Obviously, she asks Felix to repair him, and then he has this is a great moment. Where he wonders if he's actually a host, or he like looks at looks at his hands, um, which I thought was pretty funny. Well, that's the thing. Like he's got to be going through some like a whirlwind of emotions, you know, like finding that he, kind of stuff. He out. always seems so disillusioned to what's happening, though. Like he like he's not even he seems disconnected from what like the real world, yeah. doesn't he? I don't know. He's I don't have a good beat on that character. Like it, it, it there's seem- a part of me that at the end of this episode, I thought he was like some he was actually complicit with Ford. Like he knew what he was doing the whole time. Mm. It seems more like because how could Ford control that? You know? I think it was more likely that Ford picked texts that were easy to manipulate. Is probably that's, what... that's convenient though. Like, yeah, but then how else do you explain it? You know, you just have know, to assume maybe, that maybe, it... maybe Felix has, has been a genius this whole time, and we all just underestimated. <laughs> oh my god, that, <laughs> it's like the it's usual suspects all over again. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's the guy? What's the character's name? Uh, Kaiser Sose. He's actually Kaiser yeah. Sose the whole time. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, she asked Felix to repair him, and then Bernard now back online. Apparently, it's easy to fix head wounds. Uh, you just use this this cool laser pointer thing. It's the first. This is the first time they've shown this laser pointer because they use it a lot in this episode. Hey, to repair different wounds. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, whatever. That's the, you don't want to get caught up in that kind of stuff. Anyway, so Bernard's now back online, and uh, Maeve asks her asks him to remove the memories of Maeve's daughter only to be told that it's impossible to remove them without losing herself in the process. I thought this is really cool. I was really like gripped by this. He says, how can you learn from your mistakes if you can't remember them? Mm -hmm. Right? So I guess this kind of ties back into what Ford was talking about. You know, he's like, he puts in this reverie, um, implements this reverie bit into the code, right? And by doing that allows the hosts to learn from their mistakes and learn from their previous lives, which in turn allows them to kind of develop that consciousness that he's talked about, right? That you couldn't otherwise have just by being, by not ever being able to remember those things. um, It it allows them to escape their loop, right? right? To improvise and adapt and escape. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Bernard then asks, then discovers that everything that Maeve has been doing has been programmed. This is a really cool part. I thought it was really awesome. He's looking at the code. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, you've been, there's, there's things going on here. He's, he's like, your whole uprising is a part of someone else's plan. Obviously, Ford's, uh, we assume. Um, or maybe been, not, right? Who knows? Yeah, that's the, like, they don't make it clear. It's possible it's not, but it seems like it is. It, it, it likely, again, it, it, what did it for me is the fact that Ford is not surprised at all to see Bernard later on. Right. Uh, he's <laughs> like, ah, you made it. <laughs> right. Um, Bernard then Bernard has a moment here. And I don't know if you picked up on this, the exact wording, uh, because uh, this is apparently the exact wording. Um, you make your way to the train, and then when you reach the mainland, and then he gets cut off. So, hmm. I didn't realize that that's exactly what he said. I heard him, so you reach the train, and then blah, 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 and then he's cut off. I, I didn't hear that last yeah, part. And she snaps it in half. Right. So, for me, when I first watched it, was what I thought was happening, and this is kind of like, kind of as an aside, was that she reaches the train, and it's a part of her programming to leave at the last moment, Right. And I thought that's what he was reading out. But instead, I guess she's supposed to get on the train and leave, according to her programming, but it actually breaks mm-hmm. her programming by leaving the train. Which because is the, she has to go right. find her daughter. Yeah. Right. Which is the exact opposite of what I thought was happening because of that little line that I didn't hear properly. <laughs> so I guess... <laughs> yeah, what, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that line either. But I, I did attribute like her like, making a symbolic choice. Mm-hmm. That's what the consciousness is all about, is the, is the ability to, to create your own future, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's what I thought that was. And she says she refused, well, she basically refuses to believe that that's what's happening, that she's making her own choices and uh, breaks the thing in half and makes for her escape. Back in the park, William and the man in black, uh, slash the man in black, is dusting himself off uh, after being shot at by Teddy. And Ford shows up. He's uh, He asks about the, sh- uh, the sham of the maze. Ford then explains a few things about the host that we'd already learned um, and tells him that he uh, he tried to warn him that the maze wasn't for him. And I think it's kind of fun because we kept calling out how every time a, a host would say it's the maze isn't for you in the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that he's been paying attention to this and it's actually been Ford trying to tell him, hey, listen, seriously, this it's isn't for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to be happy about the way this ends, right? Um, you know, it's kind of funny too, because what he's searching for and what he was searching for from the beginning was he wanted the host be able to fight back. He wanted to find a part of the park where it wasn't all a, uh, a lie where he, where his, he wasn't invincible and no matter what he couldn't win. Right. Or like a game where the odds are stacked like in your favor, no matter what. Right. Or, you know, at least an actual, he could win. But it wasn't because he had to win every time, right? Um, mm. it, there was actual stakes. And he was looking for that. And so he finds this, this, this quote-unquote center of the maze and he realizes it's all just a metaphor and all this whatever, yakety-yak. Um, and he's disappointed about it. But in the end, of the, at, the end, but at the end, it is actually what he wanted. It's just not in this the way he imagined it to be, right? Which is why mm. he's so happy at the very end. He has that look of like, he's like, he gets like, shot. Goopy smile, right? yeah. And he's like, he seems pretty stoked. You don't see people that happy about being shot very often, right? Um, so yeah. Where was I? 
William is still not happy. And uh, it says, I wanted the host to stop playing by your rules. I wanted them to be free, free to fight back. I should have known you'd never let that happen. Ford says, I think you'll find my new narrative more satisfying, which is a little bit more foreshadowing. Uh, very well done. The foreshadowing this episode, mm-hmm. right on, like right on point. Beautiful. So back with Dolores and Teddy. They arrive at the beach uh, with a full moon rising. And the two of them having a, a final moment together. As she says to him, quote, we're trapped, Teddy. The purpose is to keep us here. The beautiful trap is inside of us, unquote. Only to die again. The lights come on, and I did not expect this. I was, I was, I was like, "What is this? What? Why is this sound? What is this sound?" And then there's like the lights come on, and then we see that this whole, uh, this whole thing was the culmination of Ford's new narrative, and uh, it's called uh, "Journey into Journey into Night," and all the guests and VIPs or whatever board members are all clapping. Um, and you have this amazing shot. I really love, like, actually, really like, the the way the shot was composed with uh, Teddy and Dolores um, on the on the beach, and Anthony Hopkins standing in his like double breasted suit on the beach with the with like the spotlight on him. Mm. Just a really cool visual. Looks very, 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 very good. Um, and then so he has this brief little speech. Uh, I like that Sizemore kind of says it's like it's a little overwrought, you know, like it's a bit, it's a bit much. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm kind of inclined to agree with him. It is a bit much, but I guess that was kind of the whole point. Um, and then I guess we have to ask ourselves how much of what we'd been seeing was scripted by Ford as a part of that new narrative. Uh, was the Man in Black actually playing along unknowingly with the entire time as a part of? <sighs> It can't be right. Like, there's no way you could you could plan around that. So I guess you have you assume you have to you can't assume everything, right? But you do have to look at the show from a new lens, right? So if if Ford's mm-hmm. new narrative is in fact um, like a meta narrative, right? It's that the people have been coming to the park for so long. His new narrative is that you find a character who. Um, who thinks they're becoming conscious and you get wrapped up in this idea of them escaping and all that, that whole thing. And you think you're, you're ahead of the game, but it's really all a part of the game the whole time. Right. Well, I mean that, that'd be interesting. I, I think though, uh, unfortunately given the way the episode ends, it, it, the narrative doesn't really matter anymore. Right? No. Right. But that was, I think that was, was kind of, his so I idea. think that was just, that was style over substance. Like it was a bunch of, uh, of pageantry mm. that he, he threw all that out there. Like, I don't think like, he really had an actual plan. For there was, that. there was no actual narrative. It was just, I need a good scene at the end to make it. Yeah. Something, play it something off. to make yeah. people clap and make them, you know, you go enjoy your champagne and hors d'oeuvres and then mm. the real plan is hatched. Right. I guess here's the, like, but if, if Charlotte hadn't come to him, or she, if he hadn't known that Charlotte was trying to push him out, right? Would he have gone through with this suicide mission? Basically, was this gonna come regardless, or was this his last play because he was he was being pushed out the door? Okay, I think that's a good question. I think um, personally, I think that it was gonna happen regardless. I think we've been led to believe that Ford was kind of a monster this whole time that he he was mm. sadistic that he right. or that he all you know he was Machiavellian, but he was, that. but it was on perp- It was all a part of. But I think for a larger purpose, because it was all like him and Ar- he and Arnold 
we're on the same page in terms of discovering consciousness. And, and basically what we're talking about here, and there's some great uh, imagery later on in the episode about this, is creating life, creating consciousness, mm-hmm. right? So he got him to that point, and that, that's, that's it. He, he, his time in this world is done. He's old. He no longer has anything to contribute. He's given birth to genuine life, and he, mm-hmm. he's no longer needed. Mm-hmm. And that was his plan the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it, that he's kind of like, okay, I'm, I, I, he's, he's come to terms with signing off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I, I kind of like that too. It's more, it's kind of romantic in a, in a, in a way there. Um, so back with, uh, Dolores and Teddy, or as I did that part. Meanwhile, in the control room, the replacement Stubbs, because Stubbs is nowhere to be seen, has figured out what's happening and sets off alarms and sends off, uh, armed squads after uh, Maeve and her friends. Um, and this we get we get a really cool sequence of, of, of violence, basically. Um, in an attempt to escape, the four of them find their way into Samurai World, which we talked about already. Um Hector Armistice kind of like wreck shop with their new machine guns, uh, but get separated from Maeve. So uh, as she makes her final descent to the train station that leads out of Westworld. My question is, so there's a train arriving with guests on it and there's like alarms going off and they're just like, are these guests like just ushered into the park? Like nothing's oh, going on. The, the impression I got is the train that was arriving was carrying the Delos board. And then she got on a train leaving with guests who were also leaving the park. Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. But but even again, then, alarm the alarms are going off, you'd think, I don't know. No, I guess, no, the board was already there. This was happening at the same time as the the, the, uh, the gala, wasn't it? That's how. That's yes. the impression I got. Yes, yes, right? yes. I, whatever. Um, I guess who's leaving and coming on the train isn't that important. But um, So, like, again, what did, what did you, like, it was pretty cool, the, like, the, the action sequence here um, with the different, like, assault teams and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was cool. All I kept thinking about was how that gun looked like the, the P90 in GoldenEye. Well, it's kind of it's based off a real <laughs> gun, isn't it? Yeah, well, and that's probably the gun that's based off. <laughs> right, that makes sense. It does look exactly like that, though. And though, like, there's something about holding a machine gun like that, like right up to your, <laughs> like right up to your body, that looks almost like that just looks hilarious to me. Like, I know it's intended yeah, to be yeah. held there in that way, but no, it's not. But like, that's the thing. Like, they have they have you're supposed to put it to your shoulder like any other type of gun. Right, but it's so sh- but it, but it's so short. <laughs> but it's so like you put it up to your. To your to your shoulder, right? And he's got it up there with one arm, but it's so tiny and short. It looks like a like, um, like a toy gun, like a child sized yeah. toy <laughs> in his yeah. hand. But it's like so it's so deadly. It's really cool to watch like watching these these hosts with their like advanced like enhanced skills, like actually using modern technology was for the first time was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So. Back with Ford, he he's repaired Dolores, and he's talking to her about her gift of art, and they're discussing Michelangelo's The Creation of Adam, and its secret human Mom brain. Was yeah, so uh, really cool. I think it represents the whole um, the whole show, uh, and you, talk, you know the the secret human brain uh, like Easter egg. Um, uh, that the gift of consciousness, and basically talking about the, how the gift of consciousness doesn't come from God, but comes from your own mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I really like the scene, the talk of the, the metaphor for uh, 
the painting is really a metaphor for what the show has been about uh, from the start, right? And like people asking like, why? What is the show really about? This is what the show is really about. This kind of stuff. Yeah, it's addressing the same questions that like the Matrix. You know, people asks. go to church to yeah. to, to ask. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, I I jumped to the Matrix, but like, I mean, all these 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 movies and science fiction stuff that dealt that deal with artificial intelligence and the 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 questions <clears throat> that those rise. It's asking these same questions. But in a, in, a, in a really thoughtful way, right? Yes, yeah. And I know the, the reason I think it's poignant, though, is because that's, that's, that, that's human nature. You know, like, yeah. we find different ways to symbolize it. But that's Prometheus giving fire to people. That's, you know, uh, Buddha sitting under the tree and, and, and achieving enlightenment. Like, we find a way to, to create a symbol of us yeah. achieving consciousness. You know what I mean? It's really, a, like, the whole show could be boiled down to this conversation that he's having with Dolores. And this is probably the best yeah. scene yeah of this episode by far. I think it's so good. And, and Anthony Hopkins needs to be given like some, like for sure. Emmy like nods because he's kills it in this episode. Absolutely. Kills yeah, it. This is, he, yeah, this is masterclass, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> it's unfortunate. I, I saw a trailer today. And he's also in the next Transformers. Yeah, I know. Episode. Right. It was yeah. so funny hearing his voice too. And the thing is, if you just cut out like one or two lines of dialogue from that trailer, you could just like play it over a Westworld trailer and it would make perfect sense. Hey, how do you go from this to that? Hey man, when, when the, when the paychecks are that big, Hey, you know, yeah, but like, look at this show. It's not like he needs a paycheck. Are you kidding me? No, I mean, it's not like he wasn't well paid for this, I guess is what you're saying. But like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not, he, a bit, it's not important. Maybe he really liked the story that the new Transformers, yeah, maybe Transformers is, is going in a, in a new and innovative direction. Maybe if, John Hey Hope man, if, if, if Anthony Hopkins is given his nod, then it's, it's, there's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, it's still directed by Michael Bay, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I get too excited. You know, I won't, I won't hold my breath. Daniel, it's called The Last Night. It's going to be pretty cool, okay? <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you saw that, but Optimus Prime was fighting Bumblebee, and that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> He even says I'm sorry as he like punches him in the face. What? No way. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Whatever, say what you will. It loves it. Visually, is pretty stunning stuff. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, in another flashback, we see the final moments of Arnold's life. Uh, he uploaded the Wyatt personality into Dolores, so she could murder all the other hosts and allow her to finally kill him as well. Um, it's his final attempt at stopping Ford from opening the park. But it's also a glimpse into his shattered psyche, I think, um, as he seems to complete, uh, completely distraught over his dead son um, and seemingly was uh, looking for a way to end things regardless. Um, go back through the series, uh, the season, and you'll see Ford talk about um, Arnold in a way that he, he was generally confused as to why he made the decisions that he did. Yeah. Um, like they started out as partners and then what right. happened. And you, you know, we get the impression we're, we are, we are led to believe that Ford killed Arnold to protect his, his, uh, just prevent, uh, the, the host reaching consciousness, right? Ooh. That's, that's what we're led to believe. But in, in fact, no, uh, they, Ford knew that the park had to open. He disagreed over at the time Ford disagreed over the consciousness thing, I think to some degree. Right. Um, 30 years ago, right? But well, I think they, they were both on the same... They, they both wanted the same thing, and Ford just thought they weren't ready. And Arnold uh, had an issue with, like, the uh, the ethical dilemma of right. causing pain to these 
you know, living this like a part right. full of kitties. He was know? having a crisis of conscience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can really tell that Arnold was in, in, in some way, like seriously disturbed, right? He, mm. he, because of the way he saw the world through the death of his son, he almost was I like it, it makes sense that he would go to these lengths, um, right. To prevent these hosts from what he perceived as he's basically subjecting them to, to pain and suffering in the way that he was subjected to pain and suffering. Right. Um, I thought that's a really interesting idea. Yeah. I don't know. In my mind, like it's not about, there's no, it's not like Ford was right and Arnold was wrong. No, I don't think so. No, we can't, we can't morally say that was the right decision. You know, Dolores may have consciousness now and she may, you know, but she uh, might have, but we, she didn't then. It's pretty clear that she hadn't, and they still consciously uh, actively imposed suffering on, on these right. living things, right? Like so. I he don't also know you... right, and like, how can you like? Well, he's trying to save Dolores from um, from Ford, right? But he also has her murder her own creator, right? And like, that's its own form of form of suffering, right? Um, which is pretty. Like pretty crazy, but again, intense. When you the way that back. I experienced this, I thought that even Arnold recognized that they weren't quite at that stage yet. So, like him doing this, he thought he was actually putting a kibosh on. Like he was putting an end to this. Yeah, he thought. Well, that's what he thought. I don't know. To be honest, it's a, not a really well thought out plan, as far as trying to prevent the park from opening. Like, yeah, it almost worked, but at the same time, it's like, you know, okay, you. Lost. I guess in his mind. He- he knew they could bring them all back online yeah. and, you know, they could have their part, but he, he, they can never get them to the level that he thought he could, I guess. Maybe. I'm just grasping at straws here. But. It, I, maybe he thought that he, that by having a, a host murder an actual human in, in the park um, would prevent anyone from thinking it was safe enough to actually attend. And then would yeah, put them out of business. Yeah, they'd be like, we got to roll them back. That's, right. That should never, ever happen. Right. Um, but again, like we talked about, it seems again, it's, it's more like that was part of it. The part of it, the other part of it was he was ready to see his son again, you know, um, that, that wasn't, that was a key part of, mm. of what his plan was, was he's like, okay, you know, this is what we're doing, but I've like, I've come to terms with it. I've, I've had enough, like I'm ready to, to again, meet my maker in a, in a, in a, in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a super selfish move as well, because, you know, as we all know, suicide is a very selfish move in a lot of ways. Um, That's a different discussion. But yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess, yeah, and so that we see that, uh, you know, we, we finally, we get confirmation that, that Wyatt and Dolores are the same, one of the same. And then, uh, she, she wakes up from her flashback and then Ford then explains to Dolores that, um, he eventually came around to agree with Arnold's theories on consciousness, but it took him time. And once he realized it, it took him even more time to implement um, uh, his plan for how, how they would achieve it. Uh, he then leaves her and he mentions that this is the gun that you used to kill Arnold. Um, tells her that, do you understand who you will need to become if you ever want to leave this place. Arnold didn't know how to save you. I do. You needed time, time to understand your enemy, to become stronger than them. Um, 
pretty powerful stuff. Really, again, this whole scene, basically from the moment that she wakes up from being killed on the beach to now is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard is also there, though he doesn't really do much in this scene. And, uh, and as Ford leaves, he shakes Bernard's hand. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, are reading, I feel like are reading too far into this moment. Um, and that like, this is, a, this is, uh, like Ford passing on over like his, uh, control the park over to Bernard or, or whatever, like, like some kind of, there's actually some kind of command initiated there, but I, I don't think so. I think it's more just a sign of respect that he's giving. Yeah, it's yeah. saying goodbye to his old friend, right? Mm-hmm. To who Bernard represents. I don't know. Like the, the thing with the show is like, there's been a million times where Ford is, has these basically magic powers. Like he right. can just do whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it, it could be that, but there's no reason to think that at this right. point. Dolor- Dolores then has a brief conversation uh, with her memory of Arnold uh, before it changes to become a version of herself. And uh, this is signifying her newfound consciousness. This scene, I feel like, might be confusing for some people, but if you were paying attention to everything that was just talked about in the last, like, hour of the show, um, about the bicameral mind, and, you know, you were hearing my voice, but in the end, it was the whole purpose was trying to get you to hear your own voice, and that seeing herself, speaking to herself, and I think she says it was you all along. Is that what she says, I think, at at that moment? Um, yeah, and she's looking at there's there's her in the in the shirt yeah. and her in the dress, right? right? And it was actually so it was her own consciousness telling her to recount, like recounting. I guess her. guiding her. I, it's not clear what was actually what if she if it was her own consciousness telling her what to do. What was she actually telling her to do the whole time? So it's it's one of those weird like uh, uh, what's it interstellar things. So mm-hmm. it's like that was her telling her to find herself. Uh but if she already found herself, how does she need to find herself? It's just like that. <laughs> that needed to happen in order for right. the rest, everything else to happen, right? Like that you needed the future self to tell the the past self to do to right. take these steps in order to, to maintain the timeline. I don't know. That's that's a bit out there, I think. But it's not the ti- It's not a timeline issue. It's like these fragments of her other personalities have kindly coalesced. I feel like into creating this consciousness. Um, but and if you if you're thinking about it as this you're following the bicameral mind theory and that's how that they've programmed these, these hosts to think, right. That this one part of her, of her digital brain had, had finally come together. Right. And was now not just listening and re, like recapping Arnold's programming, but it now created its own and was now trying to communicate that to the other side, the more like the, the like online side, you know, like it's like her subconscious speaking to her conscious mind. You know? Yes. So, Maeve. Maeve is now on the train, but before it can depart, she leaves in search of her daughter. Um, as I, So, remember I talked about how I thought this was her actually following her programming, not disobeying it? Um, and because I actually thought that, when she gets off the train, like, there's all those, like, greeting hosts there, and they're all dressed in black, uh, in the, like the similar dress that she's like dressed in, I thought she was gonna get off the train and like turn around and like reboot as like one of the oh, like shit. is one of like <laughs> the like the the greeting hosts. I thought that would have been a really cool twist. That's, that's, they do they get to that next level and then that's their job now. Yeah, I thought that would have been pretty cool. Um, but I guess that's not what happened. But either way, I would have been I would have been okay. I'm okay with with how it played out. But I thought that that would have been a cool way to do it. Um, 
and yes, like that's kind of she. We we see her like looking up the stairs. Uh, she sees her little note. Uh, she's kind of in a, a state of shock to a, like she doesn't believe that she was actually able to make that decision. It seems like that she she doesn't know why she did it. Um, she's broken her programming, uh, and this is the last that we'll see of her until next season. Yeah. At the gala. Ford uh, has taken the stage uh, for a speech, and this speech is, is oh my god, I, I, it's just dripping with subtext. It's literally swimming in subtext. <laughs> um, and we watch Dolores uh, walk around the crowd as he talks about how great artists don't die. Um, he kind of talks about like retiring basically, and then how great artists don't die; they just become their own, become their work, which I thought is really brilliant stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dolores walks up behind him and shoots him through the head uh, and through the, the champagne glass. I thought that was just a really cool visual. Uh, looked really, like, just really well well done. Um, and, you know, again, just another brief aside. I'm always fascinated by moments in, like, movies or television um, when something is happening in front of an audience in the show and that we know is completely off script. So, um like, uh, have you seen Birdman? Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, at the end of Birdman, spoilers for Birdman, right? Like, he basically, um, like, is committing suicide at the end, right? And Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, that's what we, right? Um, but, and we know that that's not, like, that's not, he's not actually supposed to die, but the crowd thinks it's the most amazing thing because they're not, they're not privy to the information that we have, right? And like, so yeah, you'll have these moments, it's usually played for comedy, right? Where, like... There'll be someone on stage and then like they'll get into some fight with somebody and they think it's like, oh, it's all part of the show. Uh, oh, bravo, bravo. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's actually not at all. It's, it's not supposed to be happening like this <laughs> whatsoever. And this is kind of like one of those moments where Dolores walks up behind him and no one rea- is reacting because I think they all think it's a part of the show. Right. Well, yeah, they're, they're used to Ford screwing around with these these robots so right. much. And then look at what happened earlier in this episode. Right. So and then at the, and then all she just no sir, no pomp circumstance at all just boom right in the back of the head and then people start freaking out right i thought it was just the way the way the whole way it played out was really like kind of eerie the suspense was palpable it was because you don't know i had no idea what was going to happen there uh, it seemed like i mean about halfway through her walk around the, the the uh the audience it seemed pretty clear what was happening right well i think it well for me it was it was clear a bit earlier than that when ford the way he that he left bernard and dolores the way that With he the said gun. good luck it was the yeah. same way that that arnold had said good luck like it it's so cool how ford came full circle like i really liked ford at the beginning of the season and then they made him seem like such a dick like such a bad <laughs> right immoral person do you and think it was all the way back around again do you think that rewatching the season do you think that that arc is believable or do you think it's just like one of those it's one of it's like a last second shift that it, it plays well as a twist but isn't actually earned do you think it's earned uh, i mean again having only watched each episode once i haven't right. done any rewatches yet uh it felt earned to me mm-hmm. I, th- I, I, I agree with that you know I, I'm, I'm more than willing to go back and, and think about it a bit more but if you look at it through the lens that by being a torment to the hosts he was actually helping them um and and truly believe that um mm-hmm. Then I think yeah, he had a higher purpose. Right? Yeah, I think you could believe what's going on there. Um, why he would kill Teresa um, is a whole different story. I, don't... Well, I mean, look, he's not only killing Teresa; he's 
essentially killing all the board members, right? Right. Because this is his masterstroke. Mm-hmm. As much as he's freeing the host, he's ensuring that these other people aren't going to interfere with them anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, it's all part of the same uh, pot for him. Well, if his masterstroke is, he's like he's unleashing his creation upon the world, right? Um, then by removing the board while all in one fell swoop, right, um, is an easy way for the uh, oversight to not be able to react in a, a like a efficient way, right? Um, yeah. It gives them like a, a kind of a, a head start. It gives the host a head start over their... And who knows how long? Yeah. Because realistically, Dolores and Maeve are the only act, like activated hosts. Right. If you, like, And they're going to have to teach the other... Like, it, what was interesting to me, though, is like... Except Bernard was too Dolores, as well. I don't know. Bernard Maybe. is, yeah. It's it's because so, he, he can. It's different because he can see things from a whole different. He can see things from the outward perspective as being yeah. like a like a a member yes, of the program. But it's still not clear how many of his own decisions Bernard was making. No, that's true. Like has he has he actually achieved his own individual consciousness, or was he always just a pawn in Four's plan? Right. right. That's true. Um. So what what I found interesting was that Dolores was the only one really firing, if I'm correct, right? Like every all the other hosts were right. just kind of watching her. Yeah, and they had this like you know amazed look on their faces, but they weren't. They didn't have that uh, that tick in their head that makes them protect people either. Yeah, I don't which know. they should have, right? Yeah. I guess at the same time as the the events at the stage, uh, old William Man in Black is having a having a smoke in the graveyard and smoking a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Um, as an army of the cold storage hosts appear, because so we had a quick scene with Sizemore going down. To, not sure why he was going down there either. Um, I, he needs to get Abernathy. Because remember earlier, he and Charlotte went down there and they chose her Dolores' yeah. original father, and nothing ever came of that. Yeah, it, it seemed. My perspective was that that all happened off screen. That they activated him. He got all the 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 data out out of the park. And that that is why she was able to confront Ford because she already had her backup plan. Probably, like it, it really does seem, especially with Sizemore, that like they wanted to do more with that character. They they, they kind of did run out of time towards the end of the season. Yeah. I feel like, and you know, obviously, we, they don't don't even touch on what happened with with Stubbs uh, or Elsie. Yeah. So, you know, his first name is Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. One of those weird. It's a, it's a common men's name. It's, I wouldn't say it's a common men's name. Oh, In like British colonies, yeah. You think Ashley's a common men's name? I don't think it is. In, I think in probably England and Australia it is. I think it's definitely a men's name. I would just I just disagree with your your common using use of it as a common men's name. But whatever, it's just semantics. Whatever. <laughs> so anyway, so he gets shot um, by one of it. It shows a, a close up of who shoots him. Do we know who that is? I can't remember. Um, I doesn't. I, I don't think it really matters too much. Oh I, yeah, I, I don't know. I was hoping. I wanted more of a comeuppance. I wanted it to be like. I wanted it to be Lawrence. You know, that'd be pretty cool. Someone who William has tormented for yeah. years, getting a certain amount of vengeance. But you know, maybe they're saving him for next season. So, are we disagreeing on whether or not he actually died? Because I think he's for sure alive going into next season. But. <laughs> I think I would love to see him alive. I think the the implication, what they want us to believe at this point, is that he's dead. Because okay. I think not only Dolores, but the rest of the Ghost Nation and those uh, frozen hosts are going to wipe out anybody who's not a host in the park. Mm-hmm. 
I thought you said frozen hose for a second, but that would be a whole different type of show. Um, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Saturday nights. That wraps up season one of HBO's Westworld. It seems as though season two is being set up as a full-on Terminator slash Matrix slash Blade Runner slash AI slash like any other uh, artificial intelligence uh, iRobot. <laughs> and uh, like... 2001 is basically... Yeah, it's basically season. just like it's like the war on the machines now, right? I don't know. I, see, again, I think during the offseason, I'm going to try to watch the movie. Because a lot of people, like you had actually said this earlier in one of our previous episodes, that this season is considered a prequel to what's going to happen. No, no, no. Right? It was the other way around. The movie was, some people had considered the movie to be a prequel as, as to the events of this. No, but. no. I'm pretty sure people are talking about this season as setting things up and then fans of the movie know that there are certain things that are going to happen. Hmm. I don't mean, it's, but I, 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 can do it. I got the impression that the movie was... Well, it's clearly it's more, thing. Yeah, that he was used as more of inspiration than it was as like a template for a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, and you know, the thing is, if with the term mainland, right? With he says like, well, once you get on the train, and once you reach mainland, you'll blank, 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 whatever, right? We don't know what he's supposed to say or what Maeve was supposed to do. You had the impression that this park is on an island, very Isla Nublar esque, <laughs> um, in that way. Um, you need a pretty big island to create. Well, it's probably a like series that. of islands, right? Because there's different worlds. Right. It's and hard. those worlds can't connect. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, At the same time, if you had a pirate world, they could sail ships. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, they don't, we don't know if there's. But also, I'm pretty sure the feudal Viking Jap- world. Pretty sure the feudal J- Japanese also had boats. Yeah, that too. So. But maybe they're all. Maybe it's all very Truman Show esque, where they they are all afraid of the ocean. <laughs> they just hit a wall of clouds. <laughs> Um, would you be okay with like season two and others like dealing with the implicate the implications of its humanity versus these uh this new version of humanity and coming either coming to terms with that and both coming to terms with that and fighting that because you're gonna have the the t- the types that can't that can't understand it mm-hmm. and will fight them to and then the others who can say okay uh this is just a new step in in evolution or whatever okay um no i am absolutely interested in that first of all the the way i see it right now is you have the two that have reached this level dolores and mave and they're going to be approaching things from different ways like mave ostensibly as far as we know at this point is pretty much hate anybody who's alive right hate anybody who's not a host yeah and dolores i feel like might be trying to bridge a gap so well she did just murder a bunch of people factions there yes no she did I'm sure, but I, I don't think that she wants to. Yeah, that's, she that's, wants that's, to just kill. that's the Wyatt side of her that that's still that's, inside. That's probably like the last bit of programming. Like, hmm. I guess maybe Anthony, maybe Ford was rolling the dice, maybe because he, he left it up to her and she chose to kill him. Maybe, or maybe that was the last bit of programming. I don't know. Either way, what I'm saying is the two of them will be two different factions of hosts, but you still need some humans in there. Like, Right you know, to provide a different perspective. So I would, I'd like to see you know Elsie and Stubbs oh, or there's certain sur- members of the board that yeah. maybe survive this attack that like are hiding out in the park somewhere. So that's what I think. You're going to have Elsie and Stubbs are going to play into it, obviously. Obviously, you're going to have yeah. um, some members of faculty that the hosts haven't gotten to yet um, are going to play a role. The Man in Black is going to play a role. Uh, Bernard is going to play a role. Uh, oh yeah. You know, and so. 
it's just hard to speculate. And this thing is so far out too, because we're talking at we're looking at twenty eighteen for for season two. Um, that it's it's and hard. The show has been notoriously hard to to uh, to, to surmise and predict. So let's go. Let's get into uh, our 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 theories and mysteries and stuff. Uh, I had to do a lot of moving around because a lot of stuff was confirmed, or uh, you know, in by confirming one, we did, you know had to had to move one, the other into into you know disproven. But okay, so ongoing mysteries. What do we have going into next season? And I'm sure I'm missing some. But what's next for the Dol- uh, for Dolores and the rest of the hosts? What's next for Maeve? Uh, what are the other parks other than Westworld and Samurai World? Um, we had some lingering ones from like, what was Ford's new secret host? Um, oh yeah. We don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not important. Maybe that was all just like, Hey guys, don't even don't like, they wish they hadn't even put that in the background. Like that wasn't even <laughs> supposed to happen, but um, maybe well, it's, maybe he was making his uncle for his little family there. Like. Maybe it was a version of him. Yeah. Like what if it was a, what if it was a host version of, of Ford? That'd be cool. I'd love to see more Anthony Hawkins next season. Right? Yeah. Um, and then what do you know? What is the fate of Elsie and Stubbs? I think like, they're alive. We're pretty sure with that, but we don't know how. Yeah, but here's the here's the thing. Like we talked about it last episode. Max brought it up, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why would Bernard be the one grabbing Elsie when she was discovering the board sending shit out to protect her from to protect her from? So Ford. he was he was doing that and keeping her alive. Yeah, and then for, like to what end? Also, why not just be like? tap her on the shoulder and say hey <laughs> well, i don't i don't know because maybe he because i feel like maybe he was he was still being programmed to do it but was fighting that programming to some degree maybe, right because he sees himself it, in the unclear. mirror right because i feel like this is probably what happens he's choking her out and he's about to kill her and he sees her himself in the mirror choking her out and then stops because he's like has a realization of what's happening so that was him being autonomous then right but at, he, not uh, up he wasn't until the moment he sees himself in the mirror i get maybe but even then, it, what doesn't make sense to me is why Ford sent him there. Because it would have been Ford and no one else. Mm-hmm. Well, because she could have let the cat out of the bag and told like Charlotte or any of the board members that what he was planning. Because if she had access to that code, she knew that you know what Maeve was going to be doing and all that kind of stuff, probably. I get, maybe, yeah. That's, that's a bit of a stretch, but that, that could be. That's the, well, that's, that's, I'm sticking by that one. Right. <laughs> Um, also I had people mention this, uh, I thought it was pretty, do you, like the way that Stubbs gets taken out, um, last week, very Velociraptor-esque. Yeah. I, clever girl, right? Yeah. Right. That's exactly It's, it. it's basically exactly that scene, right? He's like, look, it's, uh, uh, and then boom, from, from the side. Fuck. That's so great. <sighs> very Muldoon. It's a, it's, it's a great sequence. It doesn't make sense because Muldoon at the beginning of Jurassic Park specifically tells him that that's how they hunt. <laughs> well yeah same track. <laughs> yeah that's true like he's supposed to know but i think i think whatever. i think the idea is that this is a nod to that right like it has to be that was well, intentional sure. or it's just a that's classic it, it was it was put in place at yeah. the beginning of the episode so that it, or, or the, of the movie rather so that it, it would make sense then i'm just saying no no, no I'm, I'm speaking about i'm talking about this scene in westworld i think was an homage to that muldoon scene Oh, I doubt that. You don't think so, or do you think it's just like a class? That's just a classic, like that's way just of... a, yeah. Somebody can spring on you from the bushes. Okay, interesting. Okay, so resolved mysteries. There's a whole bunch of these now. What are Ford's true motivations? And the fact that we couldn't answer this until this week, I thought, is very, very, very great. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in the end, we came to he came to agree with for, with Arnold's views on consciousness, but disagreed with his methods. Ford's masterstroke was subjecting the hosts to torment so they could be ready to stand up against humanity. No way you saw that coming. If you did, you're a goddamn genius. No. <laughs> uh, what happened to Arnold? Solved. We thought up until until last week that Arnold or that Ford had killed him. No. Arnold Ford had used Dolores to kill him. Yeah, yeah. he is basically it, it's host suicide or like host suicide via host. It's just a suicide. Yeah. Uh, before the park was about to open, he had a crisis of conscience uh, and believed the opening the park and subjecting the host to their loops would be cruel. So he ha- had Dolores and Teddy kill all the hosts and then kill him in a secondhand suicide. All right. What's next? How self-aware is Dolores? I thought she wasn't last week, and now we're back to she was actually super self-aware. So, episode ten became self self-aware. Right. It, it seems that it was. It's a process, right? It wasn't just. It's not just that you were not, and then you are. Is that one of those? You know, I don't know. It's yeah, she to had to break through that yeah. barrier to to get to that point where she saw it. Where she realized it was her own voice telling. Like she finally mm-hmm. got to a point where she was telling. She was uh, in charge of her own actions. I guess it's. The, it's posed as a uh, as a question, you know, but uh, like as a mystery. But you know how how self aware is Dolores? Well, all the others are are more straightforward. But yeah, she's pretty she's pretty self aware. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what is the maze? The maze is a metaphorical journey slash game that leads a host to achieve full consciousness. A journey inward. I love that. That's just a, a metaphor, and I don't know if maybe they if they planned on it being a metaphor from the start, or if that's just what it evolved in. Because like, what's with all the drawings of it all, all over, over over the place? Well, like, <laughs> why does Maze coll- or Maeve collapse in a in a crop like, circle of Maze? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of stuff. You're like, well, I think you can you can look past that to some degree because the rest of it kind of fits together pretty well. So you can kind of forgive little errors like that. Cause maybe they didn't know at the time when they were filming that, that that's no, what I'm this sure was that they, they knew. And maybe that was also meant to be more symbolic than anything else. Yeah, maybe that, or like it was just red hair and black viewed it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's just one of those where like, yeah, I, I can buy it, but like, that's just a weird, if you're going to do it that way, it's a weird, it's strange. It's a strange choice. Hmm. If anything, it's, it's almost there just to throw you off. Uh, on, you know, it's a red herring more than anything. How does Wyatt play into everything? Wyatt is, in fact, <laughs> Dolores the whole time, which I think was something we talked about last week as a possibility. I think people had theorized that yeah. for a bit. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend I invented that, but for sure. Uh, I remember thinking, I, here's, I really thought Wyatt would end up being Teddy, that, that like mm. he remembered it a, a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted more out of Teddy this episode. Like he, At the end of the day, he is just another robot. Yeah. Like Next season, I'm sure we'll get more. I would have liked more out of Teddy from the entire season, really. I feel like yeah. he was criminally underused. What are we on? Okay, okay, so that's all the mysteries. Most of them solved, you know, right? So like all the big ones from this season were all solved, right? Uh, who is Bernard? Who is the man in black? Uh, you know, uh, what was Ford doing the whole time? Uh, what's his whole deal? Like all, like all that kind of stuff. Um, is basic was ba- all the big ones were solved. We we're not le- left mm-hmm. with a, a whole lot of loose ends. There is a few, but not a not a whole bunch. As far as um, different theories, 
that we had going throughout the season. Obviously, the man in black and William are the same person, also confirmed this week. Um, Check. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a big one. We, we, we touched on that with the whole, uh, you know, Vince uh, letter. Not letter, post on, on Facebook. It'd be strange if he wrote us like a snail mail letter, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we have postage here from, uh, where is he now? Somewhere in BC. And yeah, you see Prince George, I want to say, or around there. Anyway, not important. Um, to the show, anyway. It's important. It's important where you live, but it's not important to the show. <laughs> it's important to Vince and his life, you know. But not not to what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> the photograph found at Dolores' home uh, is actually the man in black's dead wife. It is, but like we talked about, doesn't actually matter. It, even though it's cool, it's all just kind of like uh, a mirage. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Like I feel like again, that's one of the. They, they probably had another plan and just like time constraints limited them. Because yeah. like, how did it? How did it get to the farm where he found it? Right? I don't. I did it. Just blew, it, it just blew it. the wind, Daniel. It just blew. Ah, it yeah, just blew through the through everything. Got rained on. Got although. Do is it ever? Does it ever rain there? It's not clear. Do we ever it see it raining? I don't think we have now that, no. now that you mention it, no. but it has to rain. Cause like, like unless are the trees also robots? <laughs> like, or how's that work? I'm not even, I'm not even thinking like it has to rain for the, for the um, ecosystem. I'm thinking it has to rain just for the storylines. Like it's people wouldn't want to go there if it never rained. I don't know. I feel like it would be a big mud puddle most of the time. If it rained, that'd be pretty annoying. I wouldn't like it. No rain. No, they'd, they'd fix it up. No problem. <laughs> they have all this other bullshit technology. They can, they can handle that. <laughs> Uh, the man in black is a board member. Yeah, we learned that as well. I think we learned that last week. Yeah, we but we week. learned. I think this week that he's a majority, like he's the yeah. majority shareholder. Like it was, yeah. hit, you know, he's like he basically yeah. owns the park. It's he's the owner in all intents and purposes. Although he doesn't have any, you know, interest in running it. He just he wanted to buy, <laughs> spend that money so that he could just do whatever he wanted in it. Right. Which is pretty badass. Now you, when you think about it. <laughs> it's like in that episode of South Park where Cartman. That wins uh, the lottery and he buys an amusement park that no one else is allowed to go to. <laughs> he just goes and rides the rides all day. Yeah, but like this, it's like that, but it's that he also is letting other people go to it. Well, yeah, and, and he has a he has a higher calling as well. Yeah, I mean, you can't start to compare the Man in Black to Cartman. Although I'm sure if you wanted to do a think piece, you probably could. <laughs> uh, and then you know, obviously Bernard is a host. This is all that we knew that we learned that a couple weeks ago. Bernard is modeled after Arnold. Another big twist that we learned uh, last week. Last week. Um, and so we move to the debunked or seemingly less likely theories. And these are some we've talked about already, but Arnold is still alive and living secretly in the park. Not true. The park is all virtual reality. Uh, you know, there's no way to know, but it seems it's definitely not. Um, there's no reason to think it no. at this point. I don't uh, the park is on Mars unlikely probably more likely that it's on an island (laughs) the analysis uh meetings could be a vr type experience no those are just how the hosts have memories they see them as like experiences as Uh, dreams yeah well their memories they talk about their memories are so vivid it's like they can't distinguish their memories from real life i thought you're talking about the the interviews when they Mm. talk to the people in the real world oh yeah both of that that's also true uh, there never was an Arnold. No, there definitely was an Arnold, and he, he committed suicide in the park. Um, Ford and Arnold are the same person. Uh, also, no, hey, uh, we saw that. That's not true. I feel like that's disproven. <laughs> yeah. uh, Charlotte is Arnold's daughter. No, that's uh, 
that's that's nope, not just racist <laughs> yep that yep <laughs> <laughs> the man in black was involved in the critical failure 30 years ago so i guess yeah, this is a little bit more gray but uh we know that the critical failure was arnold's death at the hands of dolores we know that he was not directly involved in the death of Arnold. However, you could say he was indirectly involved by bailing out Westworld through the Dallas Corporation a few late, years later. Yes. That would be the loophole there. Um, and uh, that is it. Uh, my, and yeah, Other than the, the other information that we had was that the, the, the year was 2052. That is basically, that is it for season one of... Westworld. Anything else? We're going to get uh, on like an armistice spinoff where she's the, the <laughs> only white girl in, in feudal Japan. <laughs> like the last samurai. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I, with, with one arm too. She only has. <laughs> that was so cool. I don't think that. I know. I don't, like just, they, they just went like pure, like campy, just like, you know, gratuitous violence. And, I, like, I leave I, all the other stuff for the other. Worlds. I would be very surprised if they did that. Uh, to be honest. I, I just so think it's much. just a strange. It's so it's so strange. <laughs> um, it's so weird that they would yeah, use cause, like, that. Yeah, because like, why have her in the? Why why do that post credits scene? You don't like, need it. Clearly, she's going to survive. They clearly just want she's going to have a role to play next season. Well, it wasn't clear, right? Maybe they wanted no, I'm to saying make that's it clear. the only reason to have. That's yeah. the only purpose for that scene. But like, it would have been cool to have her. I guess maybe people would have been like, "Oh, how did she survive? Her arm was stuck in that door." If you saw her back yeah, well, last it's season, not like this answers any of those questions. <laughs> she just uh, she's a robot, I guess. But yeah, she's a badass too. Yeah, her name is Armistice. And aren't you happy, Daniel, the person with the coolest name gets, gets to live on? For it is season? the coolest name. Like, like it really, it means like a ceasefire, though. Like, it's like the opposite of war. Yeah. An Armistice. Yeah, I know what, Ar- but, I know what Armistice is. Yeah. But, like, it's still a cool-sounding a cool name. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. It doesn't really fit her character, but... Wait, well, but it, it, it conjures images of war and armaments, yeah, right? Even if it doesn't directly mean those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't couldn't know. call her personal because <laughs> because taken and also she's already lost. Yeah, she lost an arm. And right? Using the arm to be yeah, like be a little little too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, I honestly, I would have been really happy with that. Actually, <laughs> Arsenal loses an arm and she has yeah. a drug problem. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well, I think that wraps it up. That was a long one, but it was also a long episode, episode. right? So makes sense. Anything else that you want to mention before we wrap it up? I don't know. I feel like I was kind of like, I wasn't negative, but I was like getting kind of bored with the show. And then this episode, like the past two episodes, I was like back on, it. you know, it was mm-hmm. like really cool stuff ha- happening. And I, I really enjoy the way that they approached it. Mm-hmm. And Over- like, you, like you mentioned a couple, like we both mentioned a couple times, like it was entirely unpredictable. Yeah. You know, it just, you know, you say that, but at the same time, we talked about these theories, um, but we couldn't confirm any of them until a lot of them till today. All right, mm-hmm. so and like we were going back and forth, but like it creates a good discussion. Mm-hmm. But at the end, like the, the the way that they went about it, I thought I thought was very very well done. Well, and it's just expertly crafted, right? Like it's just well, yeah. the the highest degree of quality when it comes to this type of uh, like filmmaking, right? You just not you're not going to get better acting better visuals uh like more writing. intriguing writing is yeah like writing a big one. like in, especially in this show right and like just intriguing storytelling right you're just not going to get that in a lot of places um you know in 10 episodes i think i, I kind of settled on that 10 
one hour hour ish long episodes for this type of format like this uh high concept uh <clears throat> science fiction or fantasy you know whatever whether it be this or game of thrones or or you know to a lesser degree black sales or um some others that i feel like 10 and you know some of the netflix stuff uh you know stranger things is eight uh but that it that, that's right in the sweet spot of for a drama for yeah a drama like this yeah and that when you hour long dramas that are this heavy yeah when you try to draw it out to like 22 episodes like a classic television show used to be um you know you end up with a lot of filler or you know like with lost it, it it's clear that they had they didn't know where they were going with it and were just kind of trying to uh answer questions while you know while asking new ones but not really knowing where they led um and it's nice having a story that they knew you know it seemed like to most to some degree that they knew the main arcs were going to be and how they're you know going to play out yeah i mean but that's that's the benefit this is a different type of show in in so much as it's like it's filmed like a movie like they knew episodes one through ten i'm sure they knew it ahead of time before start they started filming right i think they know the so the pilot was about time constraints it's, it's more about like the cutting room floor they yeah. had to they had to cut certain scenes well, it's not like uh, there's apparently out of time there is apparently a lot of deleted scenes for the show like a, a yeah, lot um but they're also but like yet that like the pilot was also filmed like almost a full year before the rest of the series was filmed um which yeah. you know that doesn't always happen that way uh, but there was, so, you know, there was production lost, issues. Because Lost, they were kind of just, you know, hit the ground running and try to keep running. Yeah. And most, like, most half-hour comedies work that way. Like, you, you, you're you pretty much working all week to create an episode for, like, two or three weeks from now. Yeah. And, of, and, right? and, like, and that's fine for that type of stuff. But, you know, where, you know, it doesn't need to be, it's not serialized. Or if it is, it's very lightly serialized. Um, you know, but with this kind of stuff, I think it's perfect. And, yeah, I, so looking back at the season, I did a final thoughts on the season, assuming we don't do um, another episode next week. Um, but I just, I thought that it was, pre- like, I didn't love it. It's not Game of Thrones quality. It's not quite there. I guess not yet. You know, like, you mm. think that that's what they wanted to become. Right, I guess. And it, it, it's hard to, it's a whole different concept right we're dealing with it's they're not really they're completely different shows in entirely different shows really Um, the age-old uh fantasy versus sci-fi thing well not not even just like it's not like space versus you know knights or whatever but it's it's not quite to that degree but it's um because both shows are tackling are using the uh you know either fantasy or with this case sci-fi um as like a lens to look at, you know, a humanity or some other or something yeah. else, you know, um, in, a, in an interesting way in, a, in an engaging way um, that you, you just, you know, if you're just contemporary setting, you know, it probably would be interesting, but it not, not quite as engaging, right. Or as visually interesting. So I, I really liked it. I, I like the see, I really like the season, but you know, it, it, it a little refinement, you know, uh, you know, with two years to work on basically like, two yeah about, about two years probably to work on season two um i'm expecting uh i have high Ooh. expectations for next season for sure you know if they come out of the Especially door stumbling, year the game of thrones is gonna end too eh? uh is that the case that we know for sure two more seasons for only i yeah, thought so it was three more seasons they said two more seasons huh i thought it was three more yeah, seasons we were, 
we we should know we do a show on it but yeah we no i know that but i'm just I'm like, pretty sure they said two uh there's there i thought they're, they're ending with season we just watched season six right mm-hmm. so there's we're going into season seven i think yeah they I guess they said season eight was the last season they're doing i want to say they're yeah they're looking at eight in a possible ninth i think okay. is, that's what it was but it would, it would require um uh renegotiating contracts for a lot of the main cast which would cost them a lot of money. <laughs> so probably, no, so so probably not. But they're, but they're still talking about spinoffs, right? Uh, prequels or, uh, you know, or whatever. Game of Thrones isn't going anywhere. It's the end of the main story, I think. But there'll be, there will be uh, more Game of Thrones after 2018. I can almost guarantee you. The Tales of Dunkin' Egg. No one wants to hear a show about a guy named Egg. <laughs> Um, it's Duncan and Aegon, but they just—they're called Duncan A because it's cute. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah, yeah. At Tower Babblecast on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash Tower Babblecast. If you enjoyed anything we did, go give us a nice review on iTunes. That would be super grateful. We'd really like that. Um, or send us a—you know—and or send us an email, Tower Podcast at gmail.com Find everything we do, including our other podcasts, our Game of Thrones po- podcast, or. Our you know, flagship podcast, Tower of Babel podcast, at towerofbabel.ca. That's towerofbabble.ca. And uh, we might be back next week. Again, just follow us on all those places. You, you'll know then, or just keep an eye on your feed um, because it'll come out here uh, if you are. And if you're looking to join us live, again, uh, the social media stuff is their best way to find it. So, all right, Dan, uh, you know, if, assuming we don't we this is the last one and you know the next one's a bonus episode i think we can still do like an official like sign out for this week you know for this this season uh so we appreciate everyone uh listening for this season uh it's kind of funny because we only have nine episodes for the 10 episodes because it's two and three are um are in one i forgot uh, we did that yeah but (laughs) i appreciate everyone joining in and like the kind of uh during as we figured out then this different format that we would use that isn't the same as what we do for game of thrones it's similar but not quite the same and uh like it takes a little while to like get into a new groove with a new show right so um for anyone who stuck around and and listened we appreciate that and um and yeah anything you want to say dan yeah just you know thanks for listening thanks for the emails feedback all that kind of stuff mm. I, I love you know being in touch and actually like just talking to other people who are interested in this kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's cool have you been following with anything that anyone's been saying on twitter sometimes people ask me stuff i'm like i think that's more daniel up daniel's uh <laughs> alley <laughs> okay, if you think that you gotta let me know because i honestly like i only go into twitter to like get rid of the red notification thing that's <laughs> that's, that's, that is pretty <laughs> all right well that's a little insight for you guys is, is i'm just the twitter guy i have really though i no one else really pays attention doing does twitter i do emails and, and that's, jeremy that's doesn't do anything <laughs> he did instagram at one point <laughs> yes he did yes he did i don't think there's been a post on instagram for like <laughs> two years maybe whatever um anywho we'll be back uh either next week for a bonus episode or uh, next season in two years i'm sure we'll do something in the meantime but sure until then take it easy yep Leads.